Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, um, before we get going today, um, could you just make sure you look at your foot real quick? Give me, let me know where it is. I can see it right now. Uh, on the line or not? Did you check with the ref? <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think I'm over the line here. <laughs> You're over the line. Over the line. Over the line. Yeah, that's a big Lebowski reference. It, there's a lot of that on this this podcast. Not there actually isn't enough big Lebowski references to be completely honest with you. I wish we had more. You know, right? Oh, kind of disappointed by the uh, the number, the sheer number of potential big Lebowski references that are missed every episode. I've done I've done an, you know I've done a lot of research and uh, I've listened to quite a few of our shows, gone back and listened to them, and um, uh, I'm just I'm disappointed in our in our lack of. Uh, Attention to detail when it comes to good job Goodman flicks, you know. So couldn't could have put a little Cloverfield in there from time to time, but it's it's fine, it's fine, it's not a big deal. <laughs> uh, I tell you, man, um, the NFL. Well, well, yeah, I guess you could say this: the NFL fans and the media are up in arms with the Kansas City Chiefs this week in regards to a lot of the. I, I don't. Would you call it just? Em- embarrassing reaction or, or just like tone deaf reaction or um, I don't know just just what like just not great reaction to what happened to them on Sunday um, I think a lot of us are kind of sick of them in general just because we get Kelsey Kelsey's mom Jason we get Taylor Swift we get them all basically all the time you know, every commercial there's some story about them. It's just constant, constant. They got Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes, and blah, 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 blah. you know, it's too much. It's too much. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's almost enough to make you miss Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> tell you, man. You know the days where he would just sit inside and be silent for five days. I mean, some of the best days of my life. <laughs> to, to, be, to be honest, um, what do you what do you make of the, the fallout with the NFL media and the Kansas City Chiefs, 8-5. and 8-5 Kansas City Chiefs, our worst statistical year for Patrick Mahomes so far in his career. I mean, what are we supposed to make out of all of this? What's your take on all of it? Well, I mean, there, there's you, you, can, you can take it two ways, and either way it's just really not that good. Um, you know, on one hand, if, if you're going to give the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes the benefit of the doubt, you know, they're still going to head to the playoffs. They still got a lot of championship experience. And uh, Patrick Mahomes was just expressing frustration with, uh, you know, with the way things shook out. He's definitely, even if you take that route, he definitely directed his frustration in the wrong direction. Okay, it definitely should have been, we made a mistake. We need to do better. Um I mean, by, by his own argument, it's like, oh, why would you call false start when it changes the outcome of the game, but it doesn't change the outcome of the play? And it's like, dude, your guy was over the line. It, it wasn't even a bad call, you know? It just, it, it did affect the outcome of the game, but it was, it was the right call. Um, it, it's not even like a debatable one, like, oh, let the, let the wide receiver and cornerback play. The, the dude was offsides. 
undeniably, uh, obviously, you know. Um, and then the other route you can take is, I'm sick of the NFL shoving the Chiefs down our throats. Uh, I'm tired of how overhyped this team is. And boy, what a crybaby. Of all people, Mahomes complaining about a call that changes the end of the game? Come on. <laughs> I mean, how many, how many times have they been on the, the, the beneficial end of such a call? Um, and, and sometimes controversial calls, not obvious calls. Uh, so it's, uh, it's pretty bad. It's a pretty bad look. Yeah, not great. Um, I think what you said at the end there was really important. How many times have they been on the end of um, – well, I have been on the receiving end of a po- positively of a, of a of a potential bad call that was missed, or you know what I mean, or, or a potential right. call that was missed, or what have you. Um, even going back to the Super Bowl with James Bradbury, right? This the the pass interference that wasn't uh, potentially absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, should have let him play, Raph. I mean, we knew at some point that we don't have to get into it. Just listen to the podcast we did last year. I think we did like forty five minutes on that one play. So um, <laughs> I don't think there needs to be said anything else. But I could bring it up as an example because it's just like, dude, like, you know, like you go up there and you say that, you know, I, I can't recall verbatim the exact things, things he said in the press conference, but it was just basically like, you know, we um, this is not how the NFL should be played and da, 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 da. And it's like, yo, like they've been calling stuff for y'all for like five years. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and it, like you said, it was blatant. It was obvious. Um, it was the right call. And at the end of the day, like, um, is there anybody? Is there anything that the ref could have done differently? I mean, it's the receiver's job checking the ref. He didn't. So that's on him. And Kadarius Tony's a, a brickhead. And you know, like, <laughs> what else do you have to say about the player? I mean, it's it's him. It's Patrick Mahomes projecting his own frustration with receivers and offense and coaching onto the media, among other things, and um, just kind of misplaced. And he came back out and he apologized for all of it. Um, nonetheless, you know, it's it's often the negative things that stick in our heads, not the positive things that stick in our heads with the media and the people that cover this fine sport, this niche niche of a sport. And, um, you know, dude, it's – that's – it. there's nothing really more you can say other than I think a lot of us are just sort of – oversaturated and over uh, the chiefs are just overexposed, you know? Um, and like any, any sort of digs we can take at them, you know, be it, I'm a Patriots fan, right? They're, they're, they're infringing upon our dynasty potentially <laughs> with their championships <laughs> and success. And I think a lot of people don't like that uh, here in, in New England. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people like and when anybody wins in general and then, you know, you have to see them on basically every commercial and radio stand and all this other stuff. And it's nauseating, man. It, it's absolutely nauseating. It gets to a point where, you know, it's like I can't see Mahomes every time. And then, like, I, I find, you know, he, like, just blows up, doesn't say anything to Josh Allen. I don't know how Josh Allen feels. You know, it's like, dude, you know. You're eight and five. You're gonna make the playoffs. Take keep the, keep the head on. Keep the head on a little bit here. You know. Well, I mean, just you know, it, it's you're not a rookie. I right. mean, he's he's it's still you know quarterback years. He's still young, but it's like, dude, you've you're what two time Super Bowl champion? Right. You can't right. you can't compose yourself better than that. No, I 
I agree. I agree. Um, that, I mean, his behavior should be indicative of somebody who's the face of the league, not somebody who is, uh, you know, like a diva wide receiver <laughs> or something, you know, like, like you said, a rookie, you know, somebody that basically doesn't have a lot of experience or has never been there before. So, I, and everybody's human at the end of the day, Trevor, right? Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Everybody's I mean, human. Maybe. I, I, I've been listening to a lot of Denver sports, the radio, and uh, they have speculated a lot that uh, aliens live among us. So, true. So true maybe story. not everybody. So maybe not. <laughs> Every single person in the Denver metro area. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's just something I want to bring up, but we can, you know, I'll keep an eye on it as we move forward, as we say here. So. Moving on, Trevor. I, you know what? I would love to have a nice gravy segment today, but you know what happened this week, sir? What's that? It's the start. It's the start of the fantasy football league playoffs, my friend. It's week fourteen. That's right. Is officially week fourteen. Um, you know, shout out to the people in my league that made the playoffs. I'm eight. I was eight and six. Went started seven and three. Lost three of my last four. Just got bounced from the playoffs, unfortunately, due to a technicality and. In scoring, um, and the person that made flaps a higher score margin than I did. So your boy's on the outside, man. Your boy's on the outside, oh, no. unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> yep. Went to the dance, you know, had two left feet, you know, as they say. So um, not a lot to report on the uh, on the gravy end this week. But but because we're at the week 14, man, we're in the first week of the playoffs, I want to give you a little tips, right? So um, this is straight from we our friends over at Fantasy Pros. Oh, no, this is not. This is actually off the DraftKings website that they run called FantasyLife.com. Um, it is Fantasy Football Strategy, Seven Rules for Navigating Fantasy Football Playoffs. I'll give you uh, a few of them that I think are pretty relevant. Um, some that we've, we've talked about before. So um, it's kind of redundant because we say this all the time. But basically... Um, you know, I think if you're in this week, right, you're week 14, you're in the fantasy football playoff, and I'm not sure how the format works. Maybe it's it's round robin, maybe it's a winner loser bracket, maybe it's week to week or what have you. Um, I'm assuming though that your your format is that week 14 and 15 are technically round one, right, um, and round two would be weeks 16 and 17. So um, with that being said, given the context of that. I'm telling you right now, make sure every week that you start your studs. And I don't mean studs, meaning that, like, start your studs. I, I'm saying studs, and it's capitalized studs, right? Um, you know, dude, like guys like Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, Kyron Williams. Oh, well, he's a stud, actually. Sorry. Brand, guys like Brandon Ayuk, uh, Garrett Wilson. You know, I'm trying to think of some guys that will get you, like, 15 points a game. You know, um, let me think, let me think like Jameer Gibbs, you know, there's a, there's a lot of them across the league. Not none that I can think of off the top of my head other than the ones I've already mentioned, but just, these are just examples, right? And you have players that sort of fit that mold. Those guys are good, man. They're like week to week studs, right? They're not guys that have complete boom p- potential where you're going to be potentially getting more then 15 to 20 points, you get into the 30s sometimes, right? Guys like Debo Samuel, Kyron Williams, Josh Allen, um, Sam Laporta, um, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, we already mentioned them earlier, but he's still pretty friendly. Um, you know, I, there's just, there's a lot of guys around the league 
that aren't like that, and then you have a tier of those guys. So if you have those guys, start them week to week. Um, you know, you want to make sure you you um, prioritize volume on the guys you do start, right? So uh, the elite guys are going to get multiple touches a game or potential for touches. So if you think a guy's going to like, well, he'll get six catches for 100 yards, that's nice. I mean, dude, like in a PPR league, that's what, um, 14 points, something like that, right? 13 points. But that's not but that's not like if it's six catches on seven targets, I, you want potential for guys to get targeted multiple times. And if you're in this spot where you're in the playoffs, I assume at this point you probably have a lot of studs in your team. But what I'm saying is, is don't take a chance by putting Garrett Wilson in, in place of like, you know, Justin Jefferson a few years years ago, right? Um, or a guy like Ty- Tyree Kill. You're like, ah, Tyreek's kind of banged up. It's, you know, it's one of those matchup isn't that great, but it do- doesn't matter. Don't let the matchup sort of dictate what will happen. Start the guys where the volume is inside of like real life what they're actually going to get, right? A potential they're going to get. 15 targets, start them. Don't consider the matchup as something being a barrier to, to your players. Um, taking, well, this is sort of something we talk about every week, but staying one step ahead, um, in the streaming markets, look, there's not a lot of quarterbacks out there right now. Um, we know how many, how many injuries have, have complicated this position. It continues to get weird guys. We thought like Josh Dobbs would be pretty decent. All of a sudden hurt or, or not hurt, just crappy <laughs> out of nowhere. And, um, that's why I, I think it's a decent idea to have some guys here. You're like, I can, if. If this quarterback, regardless of the volume, if you have a guy who made it to the playoffs, the quarterback kind of sus though. Just have somebody on your roster that's been kind of hot lately. Guys like Will Levis, 19% of leagues, he's rostered in Yahoo ESPN leagues. Derek Carr, 39% of leagues, he's been rostered in. Back-to-back, 300 yards, multiple touchdown games um, for both uh, for Derek Carr. And Levis was fantastic against Miami on Monday. Um and he's going against Houston, right, and Seattle over the next couple of weeks. So, like, two guys I keep an eye on. And then Russell Wilson, available in 51% of leagues, um, going against Detroit, the Chargers. You know, like, those are guys I'd pick up and probably start stream week to week because the quarterback position, unless you have somebody good, is not great right now, man. It's not great. And the same thing with defenses. Trevor talks about it all the time. You have to stream your defense. I think even more so, like, it's not a bad idea because you, you, you can get a team like – the, the Rams, right, rostering 18% of leagues going against Washington, New Orleans, and New York over the next couple of weeks, right? Indianapolis yeah, going against Pittsburgh, <laughs> Atlanta, Vegas, right? And we're watching Vegas right now. They're up 49 nothing or whatever against San Diego, but or the Chargers, but whatever, right? And then the, the Packers, the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Vikings over the next three weeks. So that's like... You know, you might have a good defense. Like, I had Baltimore. They're the best defense in fantasy. They went against L.A. last week, put up, put up 37 on them, you know. So, like, but the matchup wasn't great. L.A.'s been hot. Matt Stafford's been a free agent, too. You can keep, keep an eye on him. So, like, don't, like, don't be afraid to stream at certain positions where you don't have studs. But also be conscious that, like, you don't need a stud at the defense. And honestly, right now, there's not a lot of stud quarterbacks anyway. It's not where you're going to get your fancy points from, but 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 don't be afraid to stream it just because there is potential to get some nice replacement points there of whatever quarterback that would usually play is hurt. You know, um, there's a lot of really good matchups in the year in the free agent market right now. Um, and finally, finally, right, this is the big one. Um, 
you know, it's it's just like it's it's just really important to understand. I think once again, look, I don't really understand analytics, but I, what I'm trying to say is understand how to how to interpret them in terms of what makes sense to you, right? So, like, if you have a website, you go on like DVOA, they go foot, foot, um, what is it, the Roto Fantasy Out uh, Football Outsiders dot com and PFF and stuff like that. They'll explain to you what how all this stuff works, right? The analytics and whatnot, and the, the matchups and what anticipated targets and air yards and easy targets and their down catches and um, a variety of things that sort of add up to make it feel like what you're starting is actually a pretty good player, right? Because their analytics sort of match up with the potential um, yards and touchdowns they could get based upon all these different analytics that make them a boomer bust sort of prospect of starting week to week. So what I'm trying to say is, um, no, maybe not understand all of them, but maybe understand a few of them that'll help you make some tough decisions when you got a good team and you got a lot of depth, you know, week to week. And like I said, you start your studs with capitals instead of your studs, you know, with lowercase. Um, that kind of helps you in that department of making the right decision rather than being like, oh, I want to start, like I said, uh, I want to start Jalen Waddle this week, but I have. Um, Boy, who's been really good, you know. Insert really good player <laughs> here on the bench, right? Because I don't think his matchup. And, and you just can't do that anymore in the playoffs. You just, there's no, there's no point, you know. So, anyway, that's, uh, that's my fantasy football. Uh, that was a long one. My fantasy football. Um, yeah, just, just my advice to you all. Even, even a guy in the peripheral in the playoffs. I made some bad decisions in the offseason. I mean, in and, and, and the regular season, just wasn't active enough on the waiver wire at times because I do this and work a full-time job and go to grad school. So, uh, and uh, just wasn't present. So, kind of effed me over. But at the end of the day, if you're in the playoffs, you're there for a reason. And just continue to stick with your gut, man. Continue to do what works. Don't go against the grain. Um, and you just know your matchups, read your analytics, add both of those together, and you'll be fine. So, that's what I got, Trevor. You ready to pick the games? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, Saturday, man. We got three games on a Saturday. It's um, boy, I love me some Saturday games. You know, it's just kind of special. You know, you get basically two straight days of NFL football. Most of these games feel like prime time. This Saturday, man, is just a hell of a slate. I tell you, all these games have playoff implications. Starting with, although unfortunately, most of the two of the three are are backup quarterback games, but that's uh, you know. Um, Look, it's more competitive that way, I guess, if all teams are equal. But <laughs> coming full circle, it's the Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a three-point favor the Cincinnati over under 40 and a half. Um, we know how dome teams, even the Vikings, play on the road in December. And uh, got to tell you, man, Jake Browning, last two games, balling out, 2-0, five touchdowns, um, over 300 yards each game. And he's not making any mistakes, and he's playing really good football. And, um, well, yeah, that's uh, that's why I have to go with the Bengals in this game. As <clears throat> as much as I'd like to uh, believe in my Vikings, uh, the Bengals have a little more stability in their backup quarterback situation, whereas the Vikings last week struggled to even put points up uh, and uh, have now switched 
uh, starting quarterbacks. Josh Dobbs is now the emergency quarterback. He's not even the number two quarterback for the game plan this week. Um, just not not great. Um, you know, it's 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 a close spread, so anything's possible. But I got to put my money on the Bengals. I got to take them to beat that spread. And honestly, I got to take the under here. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Uh, the Vikings offense is anemic and, uh, the Vikings defense is playing pretty, pretty good. So I like the Bengals to win this in a low scoring contest. Uh, but I like them to beat that spread. Okay. Yeah. I already mentioned Jake Browning. Um, one of those streamer starter guys, unless you got him already. Um, start your studs, man. Start Jamar Chase. We, we, Trevor mentioned Minnesota's defense on the come up. However, I think that they're do you think their secondary is still pretty suspect? I think so. I mean, I didn't say it, but I, I mean, I, I believe that they are. So, um, yeah. So I, I think that's a really good start. But nonetheless, moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. It's a one half point favorite to Indianapolis. Over under forty two and a half. Um, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Boy, it's such a tough game to pick because Pittsburgh gets a week and a half off. Although they've been terrible, man. I don't. I, they are totally, totally disinterested playing for Mike Tomlin this season. I think that team is. They've just been bad. You know, the last couple of games. The only the first team in NFL history to lose two two games back to back against teams that <laughs> two teams under uh, they were three and ten or under something like that. I, did you see that stat? It's wild. You yeah, know? it's pretty bad. Very um, bad. Um, and then Indy got blown out last week. So. It's uh, they're fighting for their lives, man. But neither of them are playing really that passionately. <laughs> it's, it's a weird place for both these teams to be in. Yeah, it it is. Uh, I feel like the Colts have a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. Just they have a little bit more momentum at this point in their season. I know they had a bad week last week, uh, but uh, and, and they don't have the best home record. But, uh, but I'm going to go with the team that just feels like they're on a little bit more of a streak, a little more of a roll. Um, it, this, this could be a push. I mean, it, it's – and, again, it's, it's another battle of the backups. Um, but I, I, I have a good feeling about the Colts in this one, so I, I like them to win with a one-and-a-half-point spread. I'm going to take them to beat that spread. Um, the over-under here is tricky. Because uh, I do, I do think uh, both these teams are going to rely a lot on their defenses. Um, yeah, I, I think they. Yeah, I'm going to take the under again on this one. I think it's another low-scoring game. Yeah, I mean 40, 42 and a half, man. I think Vegas just lures people in to, to you know, to bet just because it's like <laughs> if everything was like a thirty, you know, like. Especially right. these games, and they probably do deserve it. Like nobody would care. I don't think anybody would right. watch them <laughs> if there was any possibility that uh, ahead of time that there would be less than some reasonable amount of points scored. You know, what I mean, like why would you want to watch that? And uh, <laughs> it's prime time on a Saturday. It's two thirty, but it's still prime time television. Technically, football, right? Um, right. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather watch a bowl game. Then watch this crap, if that's the case, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, there, there is some good so, college games on on Saturday. So. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, Miami, Ohio, right? <laughs> there you go. 
Give me on with give me on with the Red Hawks, baby. Yeah. Okay, the Denver Broncos on the road at the Detroit Lions. It's a four and a half point favorite Detroit over under forty seven and a half. And another game that's like, you know, they, they they're generous with these these over unders this time of the year. I think they really want to push these I don't know, these T V ratings or something. Or just betting, because that's what the NFL is about nowadays, is, is betting, you know. And uh, Detroit, man, coming off probably one of the worst worst losses you'll probably ever see against Chicago. And God, I mean, yeah. What do you so say? this this is definitely, and it's a low bar, but this is the uh, the game to watch this Saturday. Uh, has the I think the the biggest uh, chance to be a an exciting game. Uh, certainly has bigger. Uh, postseason implications than I see with the others. Um, although there are five, seven, and six teams in this uh, six-team lineup. Uh, the Broncos hot on the heels uh, of the division leader there. Uh, Lions trying to hold on to their uh, two-game lead in the division. And uh, playing at home, and the Broncos, man, the Broncos really have something going so uh, this one, this one's kind of tough. I, I understand favoring the Lions. Um, you know, they've they've had a little more consistency to their year, which just means that they started good. The Broncos didn't start good. They're certainly playing good uh, on the on the home stretch here. Um, this one's tough for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, gosh, I. This is gonna be this is gonna be a good game. Uh, I am gonna take. I'd love to see the Broncos win this one, um, but I can't uh, can't predict it. I think uh, I think the Lions hold on at home here. Um, I'm gonna take the Broncos to cover the spread, though. I think this this game comes down to a field goal or less. Um, so I'm gonna take the Lions to win a close one. Broncos to cover that spread. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think this is a tough day for offenses. I'm going to take the under on all three of these games. Wow. <clears throat> Harry, I'm talking about primetime television. In reality, we don't want to watch any of them. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just joking. No, I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, the, the playoff implications, there's a lot at stake in, in all these games. And, uh, honestly, it's – I don't know what happened to Jerry Goff, man. Just in his own head, I, I don't know where he's been. He's – not played well, very and, well, very efficiently, but you know, if you know. the if the Broncos are going to pull off an upset here, it's really going to come down to, yeah. You know, I, I mean, the the offense for the Broncos, I think, is going to do what they've been doing, but if the defense can get back to generating multiple turnovers a game, like they were through the best part of their win streak, um, they could absolutely take this one away. Yeah, right. Hmm. Keep an eye on it. It's going to be an interesting game. Um, I, I think Denver's rush defense is still pretty vulnerable, as it has been throughout the year. So, David Montgomery, man. Jameer Gibbs, that's how they're going to win this game. I don't know where – we don't know where Jared Goff's been, but it, they got to rest on the running game here to win this. And I would keep an eye on both of them. Uh, and, and honestly, your studs are those two in this game. So, start them if you got them. Uh <laughs> Boy, you got to feel bad for the Patriots. The first time ever they've ever been flexed from a uh, primetime spot to the morning spot. But here we are. We're uh, the next day. It's the uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the at the New England Patriots. Excuse me. Eight and a half point favorites at Kansas City. Over under 37 and a half. Um, zappy fever, baby. 
they got themselves a start quarterback there in New England all of a sudden, you know? Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting. Can't see it on the road. I mean, I, I, I would think that this would be a shoe-in for them to win. Um, however, given the recent turmoil, and Bill Belichick actually has a pretty decent track record playing against Pat Mahomes, like keeping him under wraps, you know, and, and forcing him to, like, make throws he doesn't want to make. Um, getting a lot of pressure on them. Uh, don't count the Patriots out in this. Seriously. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Patriots homer. I just think that there's I, – I don't think Mahomes – like I, I think Belichick schemes pretty well against good quarterbacks like him. So I, I, could, I think it could be close. Closer than eight and a half potentially. Well, so I, I got to agree with you there. I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs to win, but I really like the Patriots to cover this spread. I don't, I don't think – I think this is going to be a close one, uh, closer than people are expecting. Um, but I do like the uh, – I, I wouldn't call it a get-right game, but the Chiefs are going to bounce back on this one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I like the Patriots to cover, and I am going to take the over on this one. 37 and a half is a little low for me on this one. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I... – yeah, the Patriots, they, they feel – it feels like the Patriots have found themselves a little bit of rhythm on offense. Um, yeah. So I, I think they'll stay in this. I think they're really going to force the Chiefs uh, to to earn it. And, of course, the, the you know, Belichick's going to take away Travis Kelsey and, and make Mahomes throw on the run to receivers that, you know, are lesser. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a close one. I like it to go – uh, over the uh, 37 and a half over under, but uh, I'll take the Patriots to cover that eight and a half. Likewise, um, yeah, I think New England would be a safe bet here if you're putting money on just <clears throat> just the line. Um, I think that would be fair for them to cover. The Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns, three point favor to Cleveland, over under 38 and a half. Um, <laughs> You know, it's interesting, this game, because it's like all of a sudden Joe Flacco has been like transported back to 2012 somehow and is actually playing pretty decent, uh, given anybody could probably play behind that offensive line in the running game. Um, and then it's Chicago, dude. Like, Eberflus may have saved his job with the wins he's had the last couple of weeks. I, yeah, you know, uh, it's, they, they, they've schemed well on offense. They have. It's just, can they ever finish a game? <laughs> You know, no. and the defense is played uh, well too. I think uh, I think the Bears are going to frustrate the hell out of their fans by uh, by winning some games here at the end of the season. Um, games that won't translate to anything other than a lower draft pick. Um, so I mean, they still have that draft pick coming from Carolina. So I guess it's not the end of the world for them. But uh, I'm going upset here, and I'm definitely taking the over. Uh, the way these two teams are playing, uh, the way the Browns are, are ever more depleted on defense, um, it's a great defense when it's healthy, but it's not. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Bears to win, and I'm definitely taking the over on this 38-and-a-half. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. It's... Um... <laughs> It's for Chicago. It's like I think I think they've just caught something. You know, I don't I don't know. They they've got their momentum. 
defense played better, like I said, and just I like Fields is playing for his job. There's a lot of plot riding here, and if a playoff spot's not on the line, it's these guys are all playing for their future, and I it's a tough matchup for Cleveland, and they can't get into an offensive show. They 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 cannot get into a showdown. You know, they cannot get into a shootout. Some trying to say. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if Chicago wins this game on the road. Six and eight, Chicago, man. In the NFC, yeah. that might get you in the playoffs. I don't know. They're not. They're not eliminated I don't know. yet. <laughs> all right, not done yet. Yeah, not dead yet. Right, you get all the cliches in there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers, a three and a half point favorite. The Green Bay over under forty two and a half. Um, you know, I, I guess you could say. <sighs> Whoever loses this game is probably not going to make the playoffs, maybe. I would have to assume. Uh, at least they're probably out of the contention. Uh, or not out of the contention, but on the outside looking in. I don't know. If, yeah, whatever. Even if they make it, they'd be kind of not in a good position. And it, somebody has to win the MC South. We say it every week. So, uh, <laughs> and Tampa, Tampa Bay is uh, currently in, uh, well, they, they're, they might win it. <laughs> so... To them, Atlanta at this point, or New Orleans. I think they're all six and seven. Wow. So, um, what do you? I mean, what do you say, man? Jordan Love. You know, they can't find that consistency. It's it's similar to Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter, and uh, you just you, you like seeing games on the schedule because Tampa Bay doesn't have a great passing defense, and maybe he can get sort of corrected here this week at home. You know, in front of a good good crowd in December. That's that's Green Bay in a nutshell. What say you? Well, and and that's that's really, in my opinion, these cause these teams are pretty even matched, if you ask me. Um, yeah. But and you're like, yeah, I did ask you. Um, you did. No, yeah. the uh, the Packers <laughs> at home in December outside. Uh, it's uh, it's a pretty big advantage. It's one of the best in the league uh, for home field advantage. Uh, so I am going to take the Packers. Um, three and a half point spread. It's pretty narrow, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bucks to cover. I think this comes down to three points or less. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one because the Packers had such a strange game on Monday night. It's a short week for them. Uh, did the Packers blow it on Monday, or did you know did the Giants rise to the occasion? It was I watched that game and I still don't know. Um, still can't make up my mind uh, in terms of evaluating those two teams that night. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Packers to win this one at home, but I think it's a tough one. I think it's a close one. I'm going to take the Buccaneers to cover that three and a half points. Um, and I am going to take the over. I think both defenses are pretty vulnerable here. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the over on that, definitely. Okay, yeah. No, I think it actually could be a little fun game. It's 34 degrees. going to be a little chilly, but... You know, in Green Bay, man, they let that ball fly regardless of the weather. So, um, oh, yeah. Especially with this receiving core. I, it's, it's it's so strange to me. I, I can't figure out Green Bay, but I, they just can't. Like I said, it's just like that Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't say rookie year, but his first year as a starter was just inconsistent. No matter what, how good he was playing, it was inconsistent. The, way, the level of um, just play week to week for the team. Um, I think – this is just kind of they're growing here, and maybe they'll take another year or two before they're really good or just even halfway decent, but this is their growing year. And they're the seventh seed. I mean, that's the truth. So, yeah, you know, maybe they get hot at the end of the year. We'll see. Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans, a three-point favorite. 
Uh, hold on. Let me read that again. The Tennessee Titans are a three-point favorite over under 37 and a half. Uh, I'm sorry I had to say that twice because um, the first time it shocked me. And I don't, I don't know. Uh, is C.J. Stroud not playing? He must not be playing if they're, if they're a three-point favorite. He got hurt last week. He was in concussion protocol. Could be out. Uh, okay. So Tennessee is a three-point favorite here. Will Levis, man. I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, he's played a lot better. Um, I mean, he, he played well against Miami, man. What can you say? It's a decent defense in Miami. They're not bad. And um, no. I don't know. I don't know. Like they, they think they get somebody going in there, and they, you might have yourself a good quarterback for a while. They get a good running game. Tajay Spears is good. I, yeah, ten, Tennessee, huh? Yeah, th- that's pretty wild. Uh, you know, if, if C.J. Stroud is a game time decision, if he if he ends up playing uh, right away, I take the Texans to win this game. Uh, but without him. It does make a lot of sense that you'd give it to the Titans. Um, they play a little more physical game. Uh, Derrick Henry hasn't been, uh, you know, hasn't been as as uh, he hasn't been as noticeable this year. But he's there. He's in the top three or four in rushing yards in the league. Uh, he kind of crept his way back in there, but he's healthy. That's a big deal in December. So, uh, so yeah, I think the Titans control this one on the ground. And, again, without Stroud, that, uh, that over-under makes a little more sense. Um, but, uh, but I do like this Texans roster. I think that they're uh, – I say this way too often, but I think that whole team has a chip on its shoulder, um, and it's been there for a while. Uh, so I, I am going to take the over here. Even without Stroud, I think this game goes over 40 points. Um, but yeah, I will take Tennessee to win and Tennessee to beat that spread, assuming Stroud does not play. Right. Um, yeah, I think Davis Mills. I just I had to laugh for a second because <laughs> they got a, they got they got a long neck. Kirk Cousins going in there, man. I, yeah, I'll take him. I'll take Tennessee all day. Um, not a great not a great defense in Houston. So. Um, the New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins, nine and a half point favorite to Miami, over under thirty-seven and a half. Uh, Zach Wilson balling out. Um, division opponent. I, I'm kind of surprised by this line. I don't think New York's a great team, but it's very surprised by this line considering both those circumstances. And Miami just lost against Tennessee at home. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, I don't know. I think that the, I think the Dolphins absolutely get right on this game. Um, something was off last week, but I think they'll be able to bounce back. I think they're still adjusting uh, to the loss of that middle linebacker whose name I can never remember. Um, yeah, it's Jalen Phillips. So. Jalen Phillips, thank yep. you. I knew you'd know. Oh, sorry, but I, I think yep. uh, I think they make those adjustments, and uh, I like Miami to win this one. Uh, I'm going to take them to win by two touchdowns. I'm going to take the over on that 37 and a half. Um, the Dolphins' defense is a bit vulnerable. And uh, like you said, Zach Wilson playing some really good football lately. Uh, that's why I'm very confident on the over there. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a get-right game for, uh, uh, for Hill. Uh, so I, I like Miami to win. I like him to beat that spread. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, okay, you like them to beat the spread. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill got hurt last week. Sprays ankle. Yeah, or he, like he, that. he got hurt, but, but he came back into the game. I think he's going to be all right. All right. I'm say bum ankle. We've got to go against Sauce Gardner. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think it's going to be closer than you think against New York. I think so. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll see. Keep an eye all on right. that one. I think it's going to be a Do long day for, for old Sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be more like uh, like pudding and sauce, right? So, okay, <laughs> the New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints, a six point favorite. New Orleans over under thirty nine and a half. And don't look at it now. I mean, don't blink now, or whatever I usually say. But don't look now. Is it don't look now? Don't. Well, don't do something. Um, you got Tommy Tommy Veal Cutlets over here uh, running the RPO, making Brian Dayball's offense looking pretty good, like he wanted Daniel Jones to do. I, you know, what if what if New York went on a run? Their schedule is pretty favorable at the end here, um, and he's he's played good, and Saquon Barkley's been good, and that with with Devito, and he's not making any mistakes. He's made like zero mistakes. He's got the most Guido agent you'll ever see in your entire <laughs> life. He does. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. I love it's, it. It's like um, Junior Soprano out there representing him. It's crazy. Right, right. So, so yeah, you know, I I. I took the Packers to win at home because I, I don't really think I, – I think that what we saw on Monday night was the Giants really coming alive. Uh, you already said it. Saquon Barkley finally playing like we're used to seeing him play. Uh, uh, Tommy DeVito uh, playing real, real good backup quarterback. And uh, the Saints, good luck charm. Uh, Taysom Hill, he's injured, um, not expected to play. And uh, – yeah, I like the Giants to upset this on the road. Uh, oh. You know, stay, stay out of elimination for one more week. Um, so I'm going Giants upset, and I'm going to take the over on that 39.5. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can see it. Uh, I, I, I'm, look, man, it's not just because he's a Pison, okay? And um, so am I. But I think that Tommy DeVito, man, they, they, they just they figured out how to help – they figured out how to coach him into being a really effective game manager and just a guy to make, he can make plays, you know, he had 90 yards on the ground last week. So yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's not like they're playing a, they're playing a bum, you know, playing green Bay. I mean, good defense. So, um, keep an eye on it and I uh, hope they show more shots of the agent. That's what we all can hope for. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see what yeah. he's wearing this week. <laughs> I, I just got to know, like, what his car looks like. Is it like, a you know, like no, a 1989 the... Chrysler Pacifica or something just brutal? Yeah. So that, he found uh, it like fedora, a bog. The yeah. fedora with the uh, form-fitting pinstripe suit. I mean, that was uh, that was a look. I want to see him take it up a notch this week. <laughs> brutal. Uh, next three games will probably breeze through, folks. Not really much to say. It's the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. Three-point favorites Atlanta. Over under 33 and a half. Uh, boy, you know, Carolina's lost 10 in a row, and uh, what can you say? Probably next to the Patriots, uh, most unwatchable team in the NFL. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's not great. It's not great what's going on there. And interim head coach, pretty much Atlanta's game to take. Lines are pretty surprising, but neither team has good offense. So what do you think? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty rough. Uh, the Falcons – uh, if they can just play mistake-free football, um, I, they could probably win this one 3-0. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm taking Atlanta to win. I'll take them to beat the spread. 
the over under man and that over under I'm going to go over but uh it's going to be close Okay, uh, Washington Commanders at the Los Angeles Rams, six and a half point favorite to the Los Angeles. Over under fifty and a half. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised that I uh, that they'll have Washington scoring this much, but uh, it's dude. Look at I mean, in five they lost five in a row. I think Washington has, and I thought yeah, L.A. played they, excellent last week against Baltimore. Dude, they showed up. Stafford balled out. Um, I, don't, I mean, they're at home. I don't see why this should be much of a challenge for L.A. I'm surprised this is only six and a half point line. But no, yeah, I I like the Rams to win. I like them to beat that spread. I'm going to take the under on the uh, 50 and a half. I think uh, think the Rams get out to a pretty big lead in the first half and can just manage the clock until it's uh, until it runs out. Uh, the Commanders have just they, they were they were competitive in the early parts of the season, but man, they've just fallen apart. Um, and it didn't happen right after they traded away half the starting D line, but it really does feel like that. Uh, that's a big part of this. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely taking the under on that 50 and a half. That's way too, too way too steep. Yeah. Not a great rush defense. Kyron Williams will have a day. So I'm just counting on that. The San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. 12-point favorite San Francisco, over under 47.5. Hottest team in the NFL, San Francisco? Question mark other than Dallas? I would probably say yes. Um, And I don't know. You know, Kyler Murray at home, um, divisional matchup. They beat Pittsburgh pretty handily. Granted, it was pouring rain, but they played pretty well. They've been better, man. I'm... I know I get the line, and I'm not saying San Francisco isn't isn't gonna win by a, a bunch. That's definitely possible, but I I don't. You know, we've talked about Arizona all season being really scrappy. It wouldn't surprise me if they put up a fight here. You know, and maybe uh, I, it just gets I out of hands. I completely agree. But, I I yeah. agree. I think uh, I think the 49ers win this game, um, and they might even win by a touchdown or ten points. But I like the Cardinals to cover a 12 point spread. Um, I think. Uh, and I'm going to take the over here, too. I think the the Cardinals will find the end zone uh, a few times. Um, so, yeah, I like the over on that 47.5. And, and I like San Francisco to win, but I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover those 12 points. Okay. Uh, Dallas at the Buffalo Bills. Two-point favorite to Buffalo, over under 50.5. I see why the two-point favorite, because Dallas is 3-3 three and three on the road, 6-0 and oh at home. Are they 7-0 and oh at home? Seven and zero at home. Um, tough one to call, man. I, two and a, two points. You always say is a push. Might as well be an even. I can't disagree with that here. Um, Dak's been excellent, but they really haven't played anybody. I don't think they played on the road in like a month, really, or any good opponent on the road in a, in a long time. And it, Buffalo's Buffalo, and you got to go there in December. You, you, that's not great for a, for a dome team. Especially Dallas, who I think is more like finesse, you know. Um, right. Yeah. Tough matchup. That's 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 a tough call. What do you think? It, it is tough. It is tough. My uh, my gut's going upset here. I like the Cowboys to get this win on the road. Um, further inflating Cowboys postseason expectations, because um, they're still not my pick to make it to the Super Bowl. 
but yeah, I like the Cowboys to win this one. I'm taking the over. I think uh, I think the Bills will keep it real competitive. Um, I think both these defenses at this point in the season are vulnerable. Um, but uh, but I like what Dallas is doing right now. I think they come out with the win here. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just because they're on the road, I don't think that's going to hinder them, although they obviously play better in, in Dallas. Um, lost against Philly, close game. Early lost against Arizona. I won't hold that against them. And then San Francisco, boy, 42-10. I don't think it'll be that bad. But, you know, Dallas is, is Dallas scored – one, two, three, four, five straight games of 30-plus points. You think if they keep wow. that streak going, then they're going to win this game, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So maybe it's an over. I mean, 15-and-a-half. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely taking yeah. it over here. Um, and, yeah, I'm going upset. Okay, over Dallas. I think I'll agree with that. That seems logical. The Baltimore Ravens. Sunday Night Football Baltimore Ravens at Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, three and a half point favorite Baltimore over under 42 and a half. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, man, three touchdowns, three interceptions last week. Didn't look very comfortable on that ankle. And then he's going to come, come play Baltimore. Uh, granted at home, but not a lot of time between weeks to the rest it. And they're three and four at home, lost two in a row, two heartbreakers against Cincinnati and Cleveland. The defense has just been brutal then you got to go against the best rush defense rush offense in the nfl you know like baltimore it makes sense why you pick baltimore here three and a half points spread though Hmm. what do you think well this one this one's tough for me Uh, i think the jaguars are a better team than we've seen lately um i'm going upset again here I, i like the jags to win this one at home I think it's going to keep the the race uh, in the AFC tight. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going upset here. I'm taking the over. I think uh, I think both teams put up some points here, uh, but I like the Jaguars to uh, surprise people with a win at home this week. Okay, away uh, sun, the upset? Sunday night football. The yeah. upset. Upset the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I'm taking the Jags to win. Wow, wow! With a rush defense that's that's allowed. Okay, 28 for 82, but geez, dude, three touchdowns and 315 yards. Joe Flacco. That's right. You still gonna take him? I'm taking him. All right, all right. Confident pick. That's that's a hot take right there. I guess I guess good rush defense, Jacksonville, but secondary's been rough. I <laughs> I don't know. I wow, that's. That's a that's a that's a bold pick, Cotton. That's a bold pick. Um, uh, and I I like the Ravens. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's it's hard to do it every week. And I think uh, I think the Ravens are due one. I think the Jags are due. And uh, yeah, I like upset here. Wow. All right. All right. Ravens play good defense. Got a close game. One one uh, against L.A. last week in overtime. And uh, granted, punt return. Yeah, you know, that's I mean, you don't want to call it fluky, but it is what it is. And they get Jacksonville, San Francisco, Miami, Pittsburgh. You were gonna know who the Ravens are at the end of the year, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, we will find out quick. Um, I think most of us know who Philadelphia is, but they're uh, they're on the road at Seattle. Three point favorite to Philly, over under forty seven and a half. Uh, Geno Smith didn't play last week, could be starting this week. Drew Locke looked pretty good in in his absence, but couldn't 
couldn't even come close to being San Francisco. Look, man, it, it's you know any any time you get to play Seattle in December, you know, at, or at all, especially on Monday Night Football, it's that's a tough place to play. And Philly's Philly's dropped two in a row. You know, I don't think a lot of people understand they dropped two in a row and they got beat up in both games. You know, Dallas and San Francisco blew them out. Um, what's going on in Philly? We we know we didn't really talk about that. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk about it much. Uh, Yeah. But I I really do think that there's a – in the NFC, there's a top tier of competitive teams, and those are the three, Uh, the Eagles, the Niners, and the Cowboys. Those – I I think they're head and shoulders above every other team in that conference right now, and I think the Eagles are going to show that they belong in that one. Uh, I like the Eagles to win this one. I like them to beat the spread. Uh, I am going to take the over because the Eagles' defense is having some real trouble right now. Um, but I like the Eagles to win this one. I think uh, I think they get back on track towards the postseason on this game. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine them dropping three straight. But you know, I heard I wa- I was listening to the radio the other day, Boston Sports Radio. Of course, they're going to make fun of Philly, so take that with a grain of salt. You know, just because East Coast rivalry and whatnot. Um, but I couldn't help but think, man, like, you know, they called the, – the guy on the radio called the, the Eagles the the biggest frauds – the biggest 10-3 and frauds since the 2019 New England Patriots. That was a fraud team, by the way, the boogeymen. My goodness. Um, <laughs> oh, God, they sucked. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and we can go on about the second half of that, that season because it just bled into the futility that's been in New England for the last four years. But um, – you know, ten and three, man. I mean, they beat good teams, Dallas, I, you know, Miami, and a few other good teams. But um, I've, I mention it every week, I, and, and you, you know, you could talk about inflated stats, and you can say, well, that's because you know the uh, they they're playing from ahead a lot or what have you, and that's why their secondary is that bad. But dude, their secondary is a lot of thirty touchdowns this year. You know. Yeah. Um, and they're going against DK Metcalf, Jack, Jackson Smith, Najigba, and Tyler Lockett. I mean, I hope Geno's plays. I know they haven't had a lot of luck with him behind the quarterback position, regardless. But it's pretty vulnerable secondary, you know. And oh, they're going against three guys like that. I completely that's, agree. That's why I definitely uh, want to take the over on this one. Uh, the Seahawks right. are going to put up points on these Eagles, uh, on the Eagles secondary, without a doubt. Um, but I do like the Eagles to uh, to win the shootout. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, they're the better team at the end of the day, and they have Tush Bush, and you that beats any run game you can put up, <laughs> put up against, no matter who you have. So, um, yeah, I'm down with the Eagles, and and over makes sense to me. Um, I think Seattle. I don't think they'll cover, but they'll get close. You know. Um, Anyway, that's week 14. So, Trevor, do you got anything else to say about week 14 that we missed and didn't mention or should have should have mentioned? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a real interesting week uh, for a lot of teams that are uh, right on that bubble. A lot of 6-7, six 7-6 and seven, seven and six teams, uh, a lot of teams that are uh, just barely holding on to the division lead. So, you know, you might have a team that 
that can't hold on to a wild card spot based on their record, but somehow do take control of their division. That's not impossible. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's a very interesting uh, slate of games in that regard. Um, but uh, but also, you know, we 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 were done with the college football regular season, so Saturday NFL games are here. Uh, I'm pretty pumped for it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's a you know you know the an angel gets its wings when we no longer have a Saturday game. Uh, we have no Saturday college football, excuse me, and we have uh, NFL football instead. So, um, right. yeah, yeah, it's exciting times, man. Exciting times to uh, be a football fan. Do uh, do want to give a shout out to my uh, grad program, alma mater, uh, same grad program your wife went to. Um, Shout out Hannah Kays. Hey. Uh, School of Mines or Diggers are playing in the uh, Division Two National Championship on Saturday, so could be could be our year. We're hoping to, to get that championship. Could be okay. Well, until then, um, good luck or Diggers. Good luck uh, all the teams this weekend that we picked. Of course, we want you know clean records, clean sheets here, so we call them right. Um, until next week, man, we can go back. You can listen to all the pods and, and uh, all the episodes on in the archives. You know, you're sticking around the fire, man. I mean, look, look, dude. You know, it's 2023. Oh, Roughly 2024. Um, every, we need stimulation in this country, yeah. right? It's what it's what we need. Why not put on a couple guys who cover a niche sport that you know are in great shape, um, have low blood pressure most of the time, and clean blood work. And listen to some football in general podcasts. Go back and listen to some of the early ones, man. They're hilarious. Very, very poorly cut. Um, we'll say that. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, give us some reviews. Give us a like and subscribe. Recommend us to some of your friends or family or anybody you might else want to listen to football um, podcasts. I would enjoy it. It could be the gift. It, it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost a damn dime. You're already on Spotify. You're already on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Amazon Play or Play Twitter. I don't even know anymore. There's Play. Everybody's playing. You know, play. Hate, 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 hate. Everybody's playing, right? Um, <laughs> and so it's not much to ask to do any of that, and it's the perfect gift. <laughs> so until next week, we'll return with more stuff, and we'll we'll serve that stuff to you, and we'll talk to you then. Until then, we're out.